This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. You guys, I use these every single day. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it is so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. And when you try it, you'll see that it is what your eyes have been looking for. So check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. We tend to doubt ourselves too much. And when we allow doubt to sit and fester, it can become bigger than it should be. So we should always know who we are, remember our core values. And that's what I always kind of carry with me is to know that like, above all, I can always trust myself. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with me, Jen Hatmaker. It's time to spring back with Lovey Ajayi this week. Love, Lovey. As I give you some new thoughts related to the topic of authenticity and share some great moments with Lovey from our original podcast chat. Welcome to this week's episode of our Spring Back series. We hope you're having fun listening to some gems from some of our most amazing conversations we've had during the life of our little podcast. I mean, honestly, it is uncanny how what we've been talking about over the last year, two years, even three years, truly stands the test of time and hits us right where we live, even right now, even more so, even more so maybe than when we first recorded it. This week is like no exception on the awesome factor. Okay, real quick, informal poll, like raise your hand if you have (laughs) ever felt fear. Okay, hi. I'm just being silly. Of course, it's all of us. It's all of us. We know what that feels like. Fear is one of the most just ubiquitous emotions 
in the world. It's, it is a present that comes in packages of all shapes and sizes that hits you when you least expect it or sometimes when you most expect it. And even what seems like teeny tiny fears can end up just holding us completely back from so many things. I mean, I know I 100% operated out of fear for years, like maybe a decades even. For me, I think, unfortunately, one of the biggest things fear holds us back from is being our authentic, true selves. I mean, it just takes us right out of our bodies. It takes us right out of our families, right out of our world. I definitely have experienced this. I I can think of times like in my own public-facing career when fear had me so hamstrung, fear of negative responses, fear of being canceled, fear of saying the wrong thing, fear of criticism. Honestly, fear of leadership. I mean, I just would lay in bed at night. It stole all my joy. It stole all my peace because consequently that fear kept me silent. That fear kept me pretending. And I will tell you right now, that is the quickest path to unhappiness you could ever take in your life. That sense of being disintegrated because fear has caught your mouth. Fear's caught your tongue. I mean, it really shapes the way that you perceive yourself and how you fit in the world and what is possible in front of you. So in this episode of our Spring Back series, we are revisiting a conversation I had with Lovey. Absolute fan fave fan fave for obvious and clear reasons. Lovey was in our For the Love of Moxie series, so definitely check out that full convo if you haven't already. There's so much value there. That's one of the best series we've ever done. So I guess it saddens me that in the time since that series, which has been a minute, authenticity is still such a struggle for us, like particularly us women. I think that's true. You know, I'm not a man. I can't speak for men, but I feel like it's, it disproportionately affects us. The truth is that the world just, it does. It actually makes it hard to be yourself. It does. You're, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. We are not set up to live sincerely, to live genuinely and be rewarded for that. I mean, I know so much ink has been spilled on this, but like, look at social media alone. Is any of that real? Like, is any of it real? Is anything there unfiltered? Is any, ah, we talked about this just so much. It's just that this sense of everybody else's highlight reels, it is not a true reflection of real life. Guys, mine isn't. Mine isn't. The stuff that is actually going on right now, this day in my house where I live, would never see the light of day on social media because it couldn't. I deserve privacy and so do you. I'm just telling you. You're only seeing some of it, okay? People out there are hurting and they are struggling and their kids are struggling and things are hard, and but we don't get to see all that. And so it gives us the impression that we're alone, right? And it gives us sometimes the impression that who we are is just not enough, which is not cutting it, right? It's just not cutting it. We don't look good enough. We're not young enough. We're not cool enough. It's, it's disheartening, I guess. That even in a season now, like when we've been stripped to the basics of who we are, really stripped down to the bones, and what even matters, that still the pressure to be something we're not can still deeply affect how it is we are moving in the world, how we even feel in our body. 
what we think of when we're laying on our beds at night. So in the spirit of not being a total Debbie Downer, sorry, (laughs) I think there has been some progress around this discussion. I really do see this topic broach so much more among the people I follow and the books I like to read, the leaders I am listening to. And I'm, I'm glad for it. I'm glad for it. I think we're talking about this. I think that the women that we respect and admire are peeling back the curtain and say, this is a lie. And this is fake and this is stupid. I mean, I know for me, I am slowly learning how rewarding it can be to be unapologetically myself, like all of the time, no ifs, ands, or buts. And it's interesting that on the other side of that, this satisfaction of actually feeling known for good or for bad, like know me and like me or know me and hate me, but know me, right? That I am who I am. And that is real and that is genuine and I have integrity inside of that. It is freeing. That is liberating to me. So here's the deal with lovey. As we talk about fear and finding the courage to live authentically, she had tons of firsthand experiences with fear to the point, and I love this story, but she almost didn't do a TED Talk out of fear that really and truly ended up changing her life simply because she was doing like a, a battle with imposter syndrome. So think about this for a second. Everything she knows, everything she has shared with us, all that goodness wouldn't exist if she hadn't embraced her authenticity and kicked fear out. Like it's kind of a really big deal to think about all the incredible work that we now have gotten to experience from her because she got to the other side of fear. So here's just what I I think I want you to know if you're listening. You're not the only person who's afraid. You're just not. You're not alone in that. We're all afraid. We're afraid of what could happen. We're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid of what might not happen. We're sometimes afraid to speak up. We're scared of hearing no. We're scared of being different. We're scared of standing out from the crowd. We're scared of dissenting. Sometimes we're scared to do the right thing because our personal subculture or community won't receive it well, right? So we let fear make us feel like we're either too much or we're not enough, or maybe both at the same time. That's weird. And it actually ends up controlling us. But if we want to live from a place of trueness, is that a word? Trueness, a place of realness, we have to get in front of this. We have to get out in front of it. So most of you know Lovey, of course, as the New York Times bestselling author of I'm Judging You, her first book, or as a speaker and podcast host who is living brilliantly at the intersection of comedy, media, and justice. Like, she threads the needle well. She's part of the genius brains behind the Share the Mic Now movement. You remember that? I was a part of that last year. Very, very powerful work. Just such amazing conversations came from that experience. We all got to listen and learn from some of the most amazing women on the planet, honestly. Truly, truly incredible. So Lovey's newest book just came out in March of this year, and it's called, (laughs) this is so on brand for her, it's called Professional Troublemaker, The Fear Fighter Manual. So I don't know about you. (laughs) but I'm actually trying to be a professional troublemaker of the very best kind. This tracks for me too. She shares all of her wisdom and the wisdom of her Nigerian grandmother, which I love when she talks and writes about on how we have to get right inside ourselves before we can do the things that scare us. Right. And then how ultimately to use our voice for the greater good by connecting First, with our authenticity. The whole goal, as Lovey says, isn't to be fearless, but rather to acknowledge our fear and go forth 
anyway. Honestly, that's it. That's the deal. So empowering. She's such a good leader. She's lived it. She teaches it. And she shows us the way. Like, I have loved Lovey for years. I remember the first time I encountered her work. And I, I met her through humor. I met her through comedy because, guys, nobody is funnier. Her satire work, it makes me scream with laughter. So that's how I found her as a comedy writer. And she has that kind of sharp wit that makes me so envious. It's just, it you're born with it. And that's lovey. This is just meant to be funny on this earth. And then, of course, I followed her everywhere and began to really get a sense of her heart for justice and for women and for building a beautiful life, for building companies, for building cultures. She's a powerfully profound person in way more than one way. She is smart. She is interesting. She is savvy. She is funny. She's a good friend. She's putting her hand to all the right things in the world as far as I'm concerned. And so I'm tickled to bring this one back. This one has legs. It has legs forever, but it definitely has legs right now. So enjoy this throwback conversation with the absolutely fantastic and married now, Lovey Ajayi Jones. So one day, I, I it was um, it was a couple of years ago, and uh-huh. it was one of those like debates that was happening, right? Yeah. And I remember that night because all of a sudden I had three thousand new Facebook fans, <laughs> right? And I was like, "What is where is all this coming from?" Right. Turns out you had shared my piece. It was a, the oh piece that I wrote on uh, Councilwoman Edith. Oh my! It was Edith. It was uh-huh. Edith. I can almost quote that blog from memory. I read it so many times. I cried when you asked something like, you know, you call her Miss Edith. Yes. You know, you, that is a miss. You were not her age mate. Miss I mean, Edith. I just, I can't even. It was so Yes. So, yeah, I sent all my people to you because you're hilarious. No, like no. that day I was like, oh my God, because I'd been reading your stuff and I was like, what? Uh-huh. Somebody was like, Jen Hatmaker shared your stuff on her page. And I was like, that's where all these people are coming from. It was awesome. It was awesome. We still talk about you all the time. So talk, talk about some of your kind of your, your greatest hits um, on the blog and in whatever category they fit. Honestly, the Miss, the Miss Edith post is one of my greatest hits. Like I'm actually on it right now. It had 51,000 shares on Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was bananas. So I was just basically, I like to find the humor in just some very serious uh, occurrences. So whenever I watch any type of political event, I'm the person who's there, who you don't want to follow if you want like hard-hitting commentary. I'm really there to make fun of people's clothes. I'm there to make fun of like the ridiculousness of the politicians themselves. So I live tweet some of these things and to just be like, you know what? People need a different perspective from what's happening. Because if you want the serious analysis, you can get that from 1,800 people. Let's talk about the real important things like why the person over there is wearing a mullet or (laughs) 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 or or like the tie choices. Like, so it makes... It makes these things more digestible. And for me, I'm over here like, okay, if I have to like sit here watching this, I need to be entertained in some way. Thank you. So, Thank you. Yeah, I'm like, these people are boring and they take themselves <laughs> way too serious. So I am the person who's there to poke fun of them. 
uh, you're so funny in it. Your observational humor is just, it's so precise that I can't even deal. And of course, you say what all of us are thinking. Yes. Um, and so you just, because you just have, you don't even care. You just put it all out there. Another one that actually people love is um, the one from um, when George W. Bush went to um, a memorial oh, yeah. service for a fallen oh, yes. soldier and decided to sway his way through <laughs> the uh, <laughs> through the battle hymn. I, when I tell you, I watched the video at least 15 times now. Like, y'all, George, if you put this on mute and had no type of context, you would think George W. Bush was at, at like a kindergarten graduation. <laughs> like... like <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've got tears. Oh God, that's so funny. So, so, so funny. Um, and you know, you talk about a lot of really important things too, and I love it. Uh, you're a real uh, leader and a and a teacher for me in so many ways. I read so much of what you write about just racism and activism, and I mean, you're just all in. And I it, those have had a lot of traction too. Oh yeah, you're not just funny. Um, you're smart and you're engaged and you're a really good leader and you have your finger on the, on the real pulse of a lot of stuff going on right now in our world. And so, um, what, what, in those spaces, what do you find has gotten a lot of traction? So, you know, my writing, I, I am a human writer first, but I think it's important to use the tools that we that we have to basically try to make the world better than we found it. So for me, humor is kind of the great equalizer and it allows people to pull their defenses down. Um, so a lot of people will find me because of a funny post. And then the next post I write might be about police brutality. Cause uh -huh. I'm like, you know what, while you're here to get this content, I I want you to also hear some things that matter. Yeah. And, you know, again, with all my content, I try to approach it in a way where I don't want people to feel like I'm lecturing. So yeah. I want you to basically feel like you're, you're listening to your best friend at brunch. Talk about whatever yeah. is on her mind today. It might be racism. It might be politics. It might be randomness. So one of the ones that has gotten the most traction on that one is um, I wrote a piece called The Stages of What Happens When There's Injustice Against Black People. So when I go mm -hmm. through 10 stages of exactly the cycle that we we see whenever somebody gets killed and yeah. how it always ends up in the same place. And that one is is one that still gets shared today because it's pretty evergreen. Like I wrote it mm. two and a half years ago and yeah. every single time people share it, I'm like, OK, something must have happened in the world today. Mm. Um, yeah, I love that post, too. I've read that and shared that. And it's um it's it's tender it's vulnerable like you you can't read it um and not just have something deeply stirred inside your heart you're good at that you really are good at that you you are able to sort of reach down to the heart of a matter and make it uh, accessible and and you pull it to the forefront someone over minds you're you're really really gifted at that so let's talk about social media um what are we we suck. Social the internet is a dumpster <laughs> fire sometimes, right? Yes, like yes, it is. Uh, I love how you like say stop it with the overuse of hashtags. Thank you for saying that. What what are some other things we need to do better at on social media right now? Train us, teach us, correct us, rebuke us. Rebuke. You know, I'm also judging myself throughout these things, but a lot of stuff that happens on social media, I feel like people behave on social media in ways that just like. They basically behave like they have no home training and no brought up suit. Just, I always tell people, because I do a lot of workshops for like teenagers, I always say, do not post something on social media that you would not want to end up in a giant billboard in Times Square. 
Nice. That, yes. if you kind of behave in that way, it might change some of the content people put up, like from the overshare stuff to the, yes. to the hateful stuff. Like if you don't want your name next to this thing in, in 105 point font in the middle <laughs> of New York City, yes. do not throw it up on social media say that. That that does not need to just go to students. That needs to go to every grown-up person with a Twitter account. Like, yeah. that <laughs> is the truth. Absolutely. What else? What else? What are some of your, like, social media, like, this is the deal. This should be the banner over all of us. And also, like, I kind of want people to stop filtering everything about their lives. Like, yeah, I, I know. That's the thing now. I'm like, I kind of forgot what some people look like because they always place filters on everything. So true. I'm guilty of this sometimes. Sometimes I just see a picture of me and I look so broke down. I'm like, what can I do? Sometimes not even put it in and black and white will fix it. And so, you know, I will occasionally put three different filters on a picture where I, I don't even recognize my own face. So guilty. See, I'm the dark circle queen. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> I want to make sure people see me when I look bad to lower their expectations. Like, yes. you know, because I can't be the person I can't be the person that you see in full makeup all the time. No, because you'll expect me to look that good all the time and I'm not that person. So I feel Correctly. like sometimes people need to see a selfie with me with dark circles looking like bustedness. Yes, it, <laughs> it will keep me humble. <laughs> keep me humble and keeps everybody realizing you know what she's not the person who you'll see put together all the time sometimes you'll see me looking an utter mess with my hair not brushed that's fine say that so just this very week uh my youngest daughter remy's going to karate camp during the day nice. so i gotta have her there at eight in the morning and i work from home so i'm sorry but i'm gonna roll out of bed and get in the car that's yes. what's happening that's yes. his, so I've, i was taking her every single day in the morning with my glasses on like smeared mascara some sort of bed hair and um a, a couple days ago I picked her up in the afternoon having shower I had a thing I had to get dressed and fix my hair it was down I had makeup on and the uh camp director did not even recognize me she goes who are you who are you here for and I was like Remy she's been here for three weeks she's like oh it was it was oh shameful like that is that's hilarious. how hard I swing from one end to the other like no, she didn't even know who I was seriously I feel like it we gotta stay versatile like there's so much pressure now <laughs> there's so much pressure you know of people being like I can't leave the house without makeup no like I feel like it's really important for us to know that we're more than that and please accept me in my sweatpants Thank you. and you will deal Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's wrap this up. So I wrote an essay in um, of Mess and Moxie called Unbranded. It's the very, it's the opening essay. Um, and, and I think about you when I think about this, because there's this just sort of idea that once you are one thing, once you have signed your name in this space, that you're stuck with it forever, or that you are unable to develop, or you're unable to grow, or then you are beholden to everybody who wants you to stay in that space, mm -hmm. and who doesn't want to see you change, or grow, or shift, or thrive. Um, and yet, I've wa I'm watching you, and what I respect about you so much is that you somehow stay really true to yourself, to what you care about, to your convictions, to what you're learning, to where you're moving. I mean, even in the midst of working with these major brands, and um, but you're building your own space, and you are you're running your own race, you're setting your own course, and I respect it so much. Let me ask you this: Can you tell our listeners? What helps keep you really grounded 
and, and authentic to who you are and what you care about? What helps you stay the course? Uh, my faith is a big part of, of who I am and just staying and, and being grounded comes in the realization that I do work hard. I work really hard and I, I am talented. However, a lot of really cool things are happening for me and I'm being elevated in a way that makes me realize that it's not just of my own doing because I'm mm. not the only person out there who works really hard. I'm not the only person who, out there who's talented. And I really believe that like a higher power has a hand in my elevation. So knowing that means I can't take full credit for all the things that's mm. happening. And yeah. that does help me keep my feet on the ground. And it gives me perspective of knowing mm. that like, listen, you are blessed and you have to understand that you are a product of God's grace. So yes, all these good things are happening, but don't take it for granted and also make sure good things happen for other people around you too. Mm, that's good, lovey. I actually love that. Okay. So we've all had messy moments. Um, we're just, life is a mess or we are going to suffer. We're struggling. We've had loss or failure, disappointment, you know, fill in the blank. There's just something has gone a mess. And so um, can you tell us what's a, what's a mess moment you've had in your life that you got through that you sort of overcame and, and what did it teach you? Um, for me, I've had moments of like, you know, being this person who's very loud, I've had moments of backlash against my words. And what it teaches me is, one, um, my words are heard by more people now more than ever. Hmm. Two, um, to always make sure I say things with the intention that I mean them. And three, to always still stay true to myself, even through mistakes. So, a lot of things as writers, as just people in general, we tend to doubt ourselves too much. And when we allow doubt to sit and fester, it can become bigger than it should be. Mm-hmm. So we should always know who we are, remember our core values. And that's what I always kind of carry with me um, is to know that, like, above all, I can always trust myself. Mm. That's good. There's something about sort of anchoring down with who you are in your core, what you care about the most, your, your, your character, because that'll, that'll hold, you know, when a lot of winds blow and they yep. want to blow you this way or that, yep. um, hanging on to those things that matter the most really can um, keep your feet in the ground. Isn't she great? Great, 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 great. So I love listening back now. What Lovey said about humor being the great equalizer, you know, obviously, as we know, Lovey is, she's not just about humor writing, clearly, but she's got an activist heart, but I can relate to this in my own writing, in my own work. You know this about me, like finding the humor in mundane situations or in crazy situations and even downright brutal situations. I, it just gives me life. Like I constantly reach for it. That is a part of my makeup too. And it connects us. I think, I think humor connects us. It helps us find our way through together because if I can laugh, I can be propelled forward for a minute and find perspective. I love humor. I love to laugh. And I love that Lovey uses it as a bridge to reach people about really important things too. So also in that excerpt I shared, my sweatpant moment, where my child's teacher who had seen me every day for three weeks did not recognize me. 
in my state of no makeup, like ball cap over the hair glory. But seriously, like, whatever, man. It's tough to keep up appearances, like not just on social media, but like in life when I'm just driving around these streets, right? I think staying true to yourself is hard, especially if you've lived for a really long time under this notion that you are who others say you are or who they need you to be maybe, or who the world says you are or should be as a woman or as a wife or mother or friend or sister or business owner, right? And so one thing I'm drawn to Lovey about is she's really a true original I mean, I don't know anybody like her. And I love that. And I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired by her living in her own flesh and bones, exactly how she is, emulating nobody, pleasing nobody, really. That's not, that's not her North Star. And it inspires me. Like I, I, she's a, she's a role model for me in that. Lovey's rundown at the end, sort of the three things that she reminds herself as she seeks to be true, but also kind to others was really instructive. So one, just a repeat. My words are heard by more people now more than ever. Oh, that was really important for me to hear too. Two, always make sure I say things with the intention that I mean them. Same. Don't fire something off carelessly. Don't come in bull in a china shop with thoughtlessness. People are listening and words matter. So say things with intention, the intention that we actually hold. Good. And then three, always stay true to myself even through mistakes. Isn't that gracious and generous? I try to do that too. To own my mistakes, to apologize for them, to turn from them and learn from them, and yet not sink in shame of them. So guys, Lovey's still out there living loud, speaking out since we last spoke to her. And as I mentioned at the top, she's got a brand new book called Professional Troublemaker and a weekly podcast by the same name. She is an incredible voice and light in our culture. She's a a wonderful disruptor, a truth teller, a change maker, and she's out there doing it. I love her. I love her. You'll love her too. Follow her immediately if you haven't already. One of my favorites, you guys. Lovey. All right. See you next week. 